often I find the more we align with our design, just like the more magic emerges for us. So yeah, I think that like, I would just treat it as a thing that is playful. I also think that like there are aspects of our design that can really reveal the perfectionist piece. So I think there are pieces that can also speak to how to work with that best. This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 363 with guest Erin Claire Jones. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. Human design, that's what we're talking about today. And you know I'm always out there looking for experts who can come on and talk to us about being our best self. How can we have more tools to become the best version of ourselves? And Erin Claire Jones is here to talk to us about something called human design. I especially love these kind of episodes where I don't know anything about what the expert is coming on to talk about. So I have I had so many questions for her, and this episode is packed full of great information. You are going to see parts of yourself, and you're probably also going to be very curious on how to find out your own human design. One quick warning, though. Erin uh, is a very fast talker, so if you're somebody who listens to your podcast on one and a half times fast or two times fast, you might want to listen to it on regular speed. One quick announcement before I get into the show is that I currently have two openings for private one-on-one -on -one coaching, and this is a really exciting announcement. I recently became a She Recovers coach, which means I am trained in and my work aligns with the She Recovers intentions and guiding principles. So Don Nickel, uh, who was on this show in my recovery series, if you remember that from a few years ago, we'll, we'll drop the link to the show notes for the entire recovery series, as well as my interview with Don Nickel. And she has this certification process for women who are going through recovery. And, and it's not necessarily from drinking because as, as Dawn says, and she recovers says, we're all recovering from something. But I had a lot of people who were inquiring if I specifically help women who are thinking maybe that their drinking is getting the best of them. And they want to experiment with trying to moderate or trying to quit altogether Let's have a conversation. I'm, I'm happy to talk to you about if we are a good fit to work together. And also my lead coach, Liz Applegate, has a couple of openings for one-on-one. -on -one, so if I'm not a good fit, we can certainly see if Liz is as well. So you can just shoot an email over to support at yourkickasslife.com or head on over to yourkickasslife.com slash coaching and you can fill out an application over there and we'll see if it's a good match. All right. Human design. I can't wait for you to hear this, but let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. Erin Claire Jones uses human design to help thousands of individuals and companies step into their work and their lives as their truest selves and to their highest potential. Her work as a guide, coach, and speaker has attracted a growing community of over 70,000 people who turn to her teachings for practical tools, digestible tips, and a deeper self-knowledge they can access to live with greater ease and authenticity 
every single day. With work featured in Forbes, Mind Body Green, Well and Good, and Nylon, Erin's insights are highly sought after because they make human design pragmatic, tangible, accessible, and immediately applicable to everyday life. Erin, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I was telling you before we started recording that I I controlled myself and didn't do mad research, Google searching (laughs) about what is human design. I have um, a very vague knowledge of it, but I'm still kind of like, is it astrology? Is it like the Enneagram? Like, what is it? And so can we start with that? Like, what is human design? Of course. So human design is a system like astrology based on your exact time, date, and place of birth um, that basically gives you your energetic DNA. So what I mean by that is how you're meant to make decisions, communicate, work within teams, cultivate relationships, digest food, all the things. So it's just kind of meant to give us like, what is our unique blueprint for thriving? And it's so magical knowing that we're all meant to do things totally differently, build businesses differently, be in a relationship differently. So human design really validates that. And in terms of its comparison to astrology or Enneagram, you know, astrology does play a role in human design, but it pulls from lots of different systems. So it pulls from the Kabbalah, the I Ching, the chakra system, quantum physics, like the idea is that it pulls all these systems, I know, into one master system to kind of give us our blueprint. And in terms of Enneagram, you know, also such an amazing tool, you know, Enneagram, we is self-diagnosed where we kind of answer questions based on who we think we are. Um, uh-huh. And it's a little bit easier to mistype, but human design is based on the exact time, date, and place of birth. So we're not diagnosing ourselves. Um, and what's so interesting is that human design not only reveals all the things that we're conscious of, but also all the things that we are unconscious of and underneath the surface. So answering questions wouldn't even probably get to those deeper pieces. Okay. That makes sense. You know, I had never thought about that regarding the Enneagram. We had an Enneagram person on here, which that was a super interesting interview. I'll drop that in the show notes for anybody that missed it. But yeah, you answer, it's a lot of questions. I felt like it was 170 or something. And I could see how, and I I mean, I could see how I could do this. Like you answer a question a little bit based on how you want to be or how you want the world to perceive you. (laughs) Or even why you're answering it. Like if a a team is asking you to do it, you know, it's like, okay, this is how I want to show up here. So it is so swayed on that for sure. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because I, 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 I know that some people use these kinds of personality tests in the workplace, especially like StrengthsFinder and exactly. Myers-Briggs. Yeah. So I can see how people would be like, well, I don't, I don't really want anyone to know that I you know, yeah. <laughs> have a hard totally. time making decisions or, and, and that's okay. not, to, and that's not to like, uh, you know, dismiss those systems. Those systems are so, I was just advising an Enneagram coach last night and it was so fun talking about the differences. I think that like, it, they're just so useful and so different. And when I work with teams, they're like, what, all you need is my birth information. But I think that once they kind of get a taste of what the information actually offers, it makes sense to them. And they're like, this is actually so nice that that's all I have to give you. What I have found in these types of, of tests, and and I love I love uh, all of the ones that I, I mean everything from astrology. I've also done the DISC assessment, mm-hmm. which has been really helpful for me, especially as an entrepreneur. Amazing. What I love learning about them when I when I read my own results is for me as a woman, especially, I find it very validating, especially mm-hmm. the traits that typically and maybe culturally are not encouraged in us because <laughs> it makes me feel like a, a sigh of relief. Like, oh, okay, this is just how I'm designed. Like, granted, there are some mm-hmm. things that I, personality traits that can kind of quote unquote, get me in trouble that I need to work on where at my worst, 
aren't great, but yeah. I, I do think it's it's a, it's validating. Do you find that to be the case with your clients? More than anything else, you know, I think that like it just gives people permission to be who they are. Like I think I was just yes. messaging with a client this morning where he's just like, you know what, like. I knew all these things. I just never allowed myself to step into any of them, you know? And so I think what human design, yeah, exactly. And I, I love that where I'm sitting with people and it's not about like telling them a foreign language and like all this jargon. It's very much like, oh my God, you're just like laying out like exactly who I am. But I like have never fully honored that part of me because so often we make ourselves wrong for the things that make mm-hmm. us great or we try to be the things that we're not, you know? And so I think human design just really um, tunes us into what uniquely works for us. And we often feel such a sense of relief when we hear it. It's like, oh my God, I get to be myself. <laughs> Can you give us an example of maybe, you know, from yourself or one of your yeah. clients and how it can help them in, in their day-to-day life? Totally. Um, so I just, I was introduced to human design in 2015 and I will just share briefly about that kind of first encounter because that was really what introduced me to the first tools. But like I had, I'm a projector in human design. Um, and he, I sat down in this conversation. I'd never heard of human design and I had spent my life like just trying to be a doer. Like you've got a lot of creative energy in your design. Like you are meant to be a doer, me, not so much. And like, I was just like really trying to keep up. And I sat down with this guy and he was like, Aaron, like you are a much better like leader and guide and manager than you are a doer. And like, it just like my whole like system relaxed. I was like, what? He was just like, you know, you're really like, you're so gifted at understanding people and how they work. Like, it's good for you to find a system that helps them understand how they work, but you're just not here to do all the doing, you know? And so that honestly reoriented me in all the ways. Like I have now always had a generator business partner, a manifesting generator business partner. I know that's human design language, but those are like creative people that have the energy to make things happen. And so I think I learned very early on that I just wasn't meant to do it all on my own and that I really was such a better guide for other people than I was at like doing all the doing myself. Um, I also like a very simple piece is we all have different ways of making decisions. And so I'm an emotional authority in human design, which means that I'm really not meant to make decisions in the moment, you know? And so I had historically been incredibly impulsive and just regretted things very quickly. You're actually very similar to me in this way, but it's really healthy for me to sleep on things and just like give myself a beat before I commit Mm -hmm. because clarity comes Mm -hmm. with time. Whereas for other people, like it's really like they've got to talk things out, you know, they've got to like, they have a gut response in the moment. So you know, there's so many layers, but I think at the highest level, human design helps us know how we're meant to make decisions, which we're doing every day, you know, how we're meant to like create the right opportunities for ourselves. Like whether you're meant to wait for an invitation or initiate or wait for something to kind of light up your gut and also how you're meant to use your energy. Like, are you do, are you a doer and a creator and a builder or like, does your energy operate a little bit more in spurts, you know, or are you not a doer? And so I think that there are such simple pieces that can really just reframe and reshape how we show up every day. And that's on an individual level. Like then when you look at partnership and teams and how to kind of like work with people, there's so much more information um, around that. Oh my gosh. Okay. And later on in the show, we're going to tell people how they can, you know, learn their own human design. And so you mentioned a couple of like a manifester and a couple of other words. Can you, can you tell us about the different types? Of course. So um, one piece I'll just share is that human design, there are like billions of configurations. Everybody's incredibly unique, but at the highest level, there are five different types. So manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. And okay. so manifesting generators, so you're a manifesting generator, which I think you know, right? Or no? 
I don't. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, so okay. everybody listening, Aaron did my chart. I have, I, and Aaron and I don't know each other prior to the show. We are yeah. just meeting for the first time. Um, I feel like I'm like setting up a magic trick or something right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just so plucked good. her out of the audience. No. Um, and you, my team gave you my birthday yep. and you needed my place of birth, right? Yeah. And the exact place, time. time. Yeah. And date. okay. And you, and I, I don't know what it is yet. So you, we can talk about that later, but if you want to slip things in as you Perfect. talk, go for it. That sounds good. And just so the audience knows like, yeah, she doesn't know anything. So you'll be able to hear like very, you know, immediately whether or not she resonates with it or not. Okay. Um, so manifesting generators and generators are basically the ones that are meant to have the energy and the life force to kind of build and create and make things happen. So both you and generators are kind of meant to wake up in the morning with a full take of energy to use up your energy in super satisfying ways, whether it's, you know, work-related, parenting, exercising, any of the things, and kind of go to bed exhausted and fulfilled. The more you're using your energy in ways that feel really exciting to you and really fulfilling to you, the more energy you'll have and the more you'll uplift everyone around you. Like it is so amazing to be around a manifesting generator or a generator that's lit up by what they're doing because like their energy is so magnetic and uplifting and like sparkly and you just want to be around it. Um, People have told me that before. Well, I'm curious, like, because to me, I'm like... Isn't everybody like that? Exactly. Like, <laughs> so, much. Yeah, totally. so there's differences. Like I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm curious yeah, about of the course. other ones and how they're different from what you just described. Of course. And let me just quickly distinguish between manifesting generators and generators because generators are more kind of here to be just like really master one thing, go deep into a thing when it's time moving on. Manifesting okay. generators, your type, you're meant to do lots of things at once. Right. You're kind of multi-passionate by nature and you're not really meant to like have a super linear career, put yourself into one box. And so for yeah. you, it's about like letting go of something when the energy is no longer there. It's like, okay, this was great. I'm like done with the program onto the next thing. And it's like being like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a podcast host and a coach and a mom and all the things like you're meant to be all the things that is your magic. And so often manifesting generators have been made to feel scattered or like they're doing too much. Um, but they often kind of need that level of stimulation to kind of be excited and feel successful. Okay. That's interesting. Cause what you described about that, you, I feel like you described my husband, the people who will focus on one thing for a long time and go very deep in it mm-hmm. and don't get distracted by other things. And mm-hmm. that sounds like my husband. Yeah. I am exactly what you described. I yeah. have lots, of, And I'm actually kind of going through a little bit of a shift in my business. And I felt really bad about myself. Like, why can't I just do that thing that I've done for so long yeah. that worked? And I, I just don't want to anymore. And it's kind of like I've mastered it and I'm ready to move on. And I've put it to bed and I'm ready to do this new thing, which I'm super excited about. And I keep doing this over and over. And some people might say, can't you just like stick to the thing that's working? Like why change it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And like your energy, both for generators and for manifesting generators, it's just like the guy, like what you have the energy for and what you feel lit up by is absolutely meant to be the thing that drives you. Um, and, and then the strategy briefly for both of those types is basically magnetism. You're not really meant to chase after a thing. Life is meant to come to you. And your work is to kind of keep your awareness open and see what lights up your gut. Make sense? Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. If you were here, I would kiss you on the face. <laughs> Um, But I would get consent first. (laughs) Of course. Um, So I love that. Okay, so then we have projectors. So projectors are not really here to be the doers. Projectors are really amazing leaders and guides and managers. So this is what you are. This is what I am. 
Okay. Not really here to do all the doing. And so often our energy is really going to operate in ebbs and flows. Um, and often projectors just like love anything that helps them understand people. So that means they can be like an amazing coach or a therapist or a CEO or a manager, like really orienting their energy towards like helping guide other people's energy, you know, not because they're telling them what to do, but because they're like asking the right questions. And projectors have this very penetrating energy that can make people feel incredibly seen and incredibly recognized. And so, so much of the work for us as projectors is like not finding our worth and how hard we're working or how much we're doing, but more in our perspective and our, in our ability to guide. One of our biggest shadows is doing too much. So I'm definitely vulnerable mm-hmm. to just being like, I've got to keep up. I've got to do more, you know, but I think that that has been, it's been a big lesson for me in learning how to honor those ebbs and flows. Um, and the strategy for projectors is basically waiting for a sense of invitation and recognition. The idea is because you bring such a unique energy to the table, it is so important to feel like you are so invited in and recognized to share your gifts when you're like working with someone or dating someone or living with someone. Um, I just want to remind the projectors out there, it's not meant to be a strategy that holds you back in any way. You know, your job as a projector is to make yourself visible, share about who you are and what you do in a really broad accessible, inspired way and let the right people come. Okay. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. All right. So who are projectors? Those are projectors. And then we have manifestors and reflectors left. So manifestors are basically the ones that are here to initiate, not always here to do all the doing, but often just to get something started and get it off the ground. Manifestors often thrive with a lot of freedom and autonomy and control. They're really not here to be told what to do or manage or guided in any way. Um, You know, they can thrive, they can struggle a little bit in a corporate environment if they're being micromanaged or told what to do. And so they often thrive in a more entrepreneurial space or if they're working for a company and are just given total freedom, you know, mm-hmm. and a big lesson for them is like initiating, but not always like doing all the doing. So also similar to you knowing when to hand things off. Um, and also they, I was going to say like, I know those people and I get along with them very well. Yeah. Cause you've got, you've got, <laughs> you've got a taste of that in your design, you know, with the manifesting part of the generator, it's like you have some manifestor energy for sure. Um, and the strategy for manifestors is about initiating. They're here to like make the first move, get things started, be like super unapologetic and strong in who they are um, and trust that by doing that, they'll impact the right people. And I will Hmm. say that so often the manifestors that I worked with have not felt permission to be as powerful as they are, you know, because they're Hmm. a minority, they're eight to 9% of the population. So it's really been a lesson for them in learning to kind of trust themselves in that way. Okay. 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 And then last is, did you say reflector? Reflectors. So reflectors are the most rare 1% of the population. um, And basically people that are incredibly sensitive to their physical environment. Um, And you actually are incredibly sensitive to your physical environment too. Um, But this kind of defines this type where they really magnify whatever space they're in. So it's so important to kind of make sure their city feels good, their home feels good, their office feels good, the restaurant they go on a date on feels good. Like it's going to inform their experience and the opportunities they attract. The magic of reflectors is how fluid they are they're going to have periods where they feel like a manifesting generator, like a generator, like a projector, like a manifester. And the work is to not try to be just one of those things, but to ask themselves each day, like what feels like me today? And like honor this like really natural fluidity of how they express themselves because they're just not meant to do it in one way. Um, And often reflectors need a lot of solitude. You know, they thrive being around people that uplift them, but they also need plenty of time to kind of pull away and release all the energy that's not theirs. Um, mm-hmm. and they're, they have a very unique way of making decisions where they're actually meant to give themselves a full 30 days before they make a big decision. Um, I will say that that is not always feasible, but I think that they really need to sample things from so many different angles to truly assess whether or not something's correct. Okay. So those okay. are the types. Oh my gosh. Yes. And like I said, we're going to, we're going to tell you how you can have, have your own, figure out who you are, what kind, what kind of <laughs> human design you are mm-hmm. in just a, just a few minutes here. 
I'm interrupting this conversation to bring you a few words about some of our sponsors. You know I'm a huge advocate for therapy and counseling. I've been going myself for the past 28 years, and lately it's kind of inconvenient to go and see someone in person. That's why I recently signed up for BetterHelp and wanted to tell you what I love about it. BetterHelp will assess your needs by asking you a few quick initial questions online and match you with your own licensed professional therapist so you can start communicating in under 24 hours. You can send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions if you'd rather do that. It's easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional in-person counseling and financial aid is available. There's a broad range of expertise available so you can get help with things like depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, family conflicts, LGBTQ matters, grief, and anything you share is always confidential. In fact, So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier and more fulfilling life today. And as a listener of the show, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash kickass. Join over a million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash kickass. How was your voting experience this year? I voted by mail for the first time because our voices matter. Your voice matters, my voice matters, and every eligible voter has a right to make their voice matter. We need to make sure that we are heard by doing things like calling our senators and telling them they need to get back to work and provide emergency funding for USPS and for states to conduct safe and fair elections. Money that was allocated by the House more than three months months ago. We live in a democracy. Demand that your elected officials have the time to count every vote in the 2020 elections. Decision makers nationwide want to make it harder to get every ballot counted and voice heard. Don't let this stop you from taking a stand to protect your voting and civil rights. They will not silence us. Visit andstillivote.org to call your elected officials today to make sure every vote is counted. That's andstillivote.org, paid for by the Leadership Conference Education Fund. And I thank you for supporting our sponsors because that in turn supports this show. And now back to the conversation. So can you talk to us a little bit about the different ways of making decisions. Yes, of course. So this is called our inner authority. So when you look up your human design and we'll include a link, if you look at the inner authority, that's what we're referencing. And it's basically just like how you're meant to assess whether or not something's correct for you. And so you and I are both emotional authorities. And that basically means that, you know, you actually have a very strong gut response in your design, but for the big decisions, it's actually healthy for both you and I to really sleep on things. And you're like, feel into things because if we're making a decision on a higher low, it's so easy to regret it. It's not yes. that that initial instinct is incorrect. We just need a moment to validate whether it really is right for us. I always tell people yeah. that I, I'm always super transparent. And I'm like, I tend to, I just told this with the last coach I hired. I said, I tend to make emotional impulsive decisions because I didn't know anything about this human design thing. That's exactly yeah. what I told her. And I said, I, I want to hire you. It feels really good, but I've regretted 
choices like that before. So I need to, I need to sleep on it. And I did, and I did hire her and it was, it's been phenomenal. So exactly. (laughs) No, I love that. I love that example because then it allows you to enter into things from such a clear and calm place. You're like, I felt into it and I, and it's just right. Whereas if you're like on the high or the low, that uncertainty like persists throughout the entire thing. And so I've entered relationships. I've entered romantic relationships from that place of like just high intensity. And there was some love addiction problems too. Like, let's not, (laughs) let's not just ignore that, but that I learned from that. And, you know, now I'm in my forties and I'm like, okay, that's, I love that about me. And at the same time, I can, I can, it would probably benefit me to just, to not ignore it and go the opposite direction, but just to, to take a, take a beat. That's all. Take a beat. Exactly. And it's just like, and trusting that like time is medicine for you, you know, it's just like, let me just give myself 24 hours, 48 hours and just see how it changes, you know, see if I'm still excited. And I love that you mentioned romantic relationships because I always say courtship is so good for these people, (laughs) you know, just like really allowing yourself to feel into somebody on so many different like um, places in your emotional wave to really make sure they're right for you. Um, so those are emotional decision makers. We also have sacral decision makers. Um, this basically is all about trusting your gut response in the moment. So like I said, you've actually got a super strong gut response in your design meant to use it for all the small decisions, but there are some people that are meant to use it for all the big decisions too. It's like gut in the moment oh, wow. tells them mm-hmm. for you, it's gut over time. You know, so if your sacral is all about follow your gut, listen to your gut. Like there's obviously so much advice out there of like, follow your gut. Like not all of us have that connection, you know, like Mm -hmm. I don't have a strong gut response. I'm always like, I don't totally know what that feels like. So sacral authority, gut response in the moment. One very quick thing I would share a really powerful way to access that gut response. This would be true for you too, is to ask these people really specific questions. So instead of being like my partner's a sacral authority. So instead of being like, what do you want to eat for dinner? I would ask him, do you want to eat this or this? Do you want to go here or here? When you ask those specific yes, no questions, it allows these people to get straight out of their head and into their gut. Fascinating. Yeah. So then we've got splenic decision makers. This is all about um, trusting your intuition in the moment. Intuition is different than the gut. It is a very kind of just like um, spontaneous knowing or resonance that you have or tingles that you feel or voice that you hear. These people are meant to be incredibly impulsive in their decision making. And so their work is to get quiet enough to hear their intuition and then courageous enough to act once they hear it. Um, Did you say splenic, like your spleen? Yeah, it's the spleen. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) When you look at the chart, I'll, I'll send it to you so you can look at it. It's like all the different centers um, correspond to different parts of the body and also just different parts okay. of our lives. Um, then we have ego or heart decision makers. This is basically about making decisions based on like what you desire to do and like what you're, what you really have the willpower to make happen. And these people are meant to be like very selfish in their decision making. Like, will this decision truly take care of me? Um, there are self-projected decision makers, which is basically all about talking things out. So for these people, their truth comes when they give it a voice. So the best thing they can do is surround themselves by people that they trust and just talk things out and see what emerges. Um, there are mental decision makers, which is for projectors, and it will say none if you look it up. Um, And this is basically also about talking things out, but in lots of different spaces that feel good and kind of seeing what emerges. Again, not because you're looking for other people's opinions, but because you're actually letting it just like come out of your own mouth. Um, And then there are reflectors and those are called lunar decision makers. So that's the one I reference where they're meant to give themselves a full 28 to 30 days before they make a big decision. Um, And because they need to sample something from so many different angles. So again, from my reflectors, you know, you might not be able to give your that full time. So I would just honor the fact that you operate on a different set of rules and a different sense of timing than most people. So giving yourself as much time as you can. So that's a taste. Oh my gosh. Do you need a rest after all of that? Like, 
Honestly, I do this all the time. I'm used to it, but it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. And okay. I have a couple of questions about especially because the, the the vast majority of my audience is, is women listening to this. And I'm, I'm, I know that a lot of them struggle with perfectionism and some anxiety and how, since human design is a tool for, for high, for higher performance, how can people who struggle, you know, who, who refer to themselves as recovering perfectionists use this tool without trying to be perfect at using it? Like, do you encounter that with some of your clients and, and what's your advice? Yeah. I mean, I think that like the idea with, experimenting with your human design is very much not like you like nail it the first day and you're like, I'm good. You know, I think that like it reveals all the areas in which we're meant to kind of like learn and grow. And so I think that I recommend people use it as a thing to just like keep checking back in on um, and just make each other making decisions in a way that operates in alignment that they're like, you know, using their energy in a way that feels good to them. Um, and so I actually, I don't think I've really encountered often people that are like, I'm trying to get it perfect. They just like so quickly can like identify where they're getting taken off track and exactly what mm-hmm. aspects of their design are taking them off track. And so they can more easily kind of move back into alignment. Um, so okay. I think that like, I just want to remind people that it's like, it's a thing to experiment with. Like I have been um, working with and teaching human design for five years. I'm like, I still get pulled into my shadow all the time. And I just like, but I know it when it happens, my partner knows it when it happens. And I so easily just like move back. So I think it's like, it's such an organic thing. Um, and I think that, you know, our lives are just going to be this constant, you know, we'll just get more and more into alignment. And often I find the more we align with our design, just like the more magic emerges for us. So, um, yeah, I think that like, I would just treat it as a thing that is playful. I also think that like there are aspects of our design that can really reveal the perfection as piece. So I think there are pieces that can also speak to how to work with that best. Okay. Well, and you also, you mentioned uh, the shadow. Can you, can you talk to us about how you help people overcome those dark spots or shadows? How can human design help? So there are basically areas in our design. We call these open centers. If you look at your chart, they're the areas that are white. These are the areas where you are the most sensitive to other people's energy and the areas where you can get the most taken off track. So do you mind if we use you as an example? Just yeah. Both okay. Taste? Cool. I'm ready. Okay, cool. Um, and I can talk <laughs> about some yourself. of mine too. So, you know, some of the potential shadows, and I will say, I say shadows, but like the point is to actually evolve into the wisdom in all these areas. It's just where you're here to learn. So um, okay. you actually have an open spleen. Um, and so it basically means that the shadow for you is a tendency to hold on to things for too long. It's like holding on to old, jobs or partners or programs because they give you a sense of security or certainty, but not because they actually still light you up or excite you. And the wisdom for you, the lesson you're here to learn is to take risks, is to let go, is to not hold on to anything just because it offers you that sense of certainty. And because that's an area in which you're meant to learn, that is ultimately an area in which you're meant to teach other people. Okay. Yeah. That resonate with you? It totally does. And I I think a lot of the things that I've held on to is from a few things, obligation, history, also people pleasing. Yep. Um, And I, I will say I've gotten better about that over the years as I've gotten older. And part of it is because I've gotten, I trust my intuition more. Yep, exactly. And you're letting that guide the show rather than what you think you should do. Right. And I would also say a big lesson in general for manifesting generators is boundaries. Like you've got so much life force and amazing energy that if you're saying yes to things just because you think you should, or because somebody asks you, it depletes your battery so quickly. But when you're mm-hmm. like truly letting your desires guide you and being like, what I'm lit by is lit up by is exactly what I meant to do. It's like everyone benefits, you know? And so, so much of your lesson is like learning to kind of trust that, but then like, how can I please everyone else? 
Oh my gosh. So as we're recording this, I'm, I'm dealing with a conflict in my life where I set a boundary with someone and um, I felt guilty about it mm-hmm. and then started to question that I had done it and then let that person back in out of guilt and feeling badly yeah. and, you know, and doubting my intuition and thinking to myself, like, am I just a asshole for doing that? Or was it truly my intuition telling me I needed to set that boundary a few years ago? Mm -hmm. So I let this person back in and they clearly showed me who they are. I mean, it was so obvious when I let them back in how they were behaving. Um, Like it was like neon sign. Like, Mm. yes, you should have set that boundary and need to reset it. And so if I ever doubted that I needed to do that, the universe showed up and was like, here you go. Here's your answer. So I found that very interesting. Yeah. And I think totally. And it's such a powerful reminder that whatever our inner authority is, none of our authority is about making decisions from our mind. So like we can often not explain how we know what we know, you know? And so for you, that like gut, that feeling that you had is not explicable. It's not a thing where you're like, I know exactly why I should set this boundary and shut this person And it didn't make logical sense. It's not supposed to, you know, our bodies just know things that we cannot totally conceive with our minds. Mm -hmm. And so I think the work is really interesting that. Uh, but often like it'll come back and we'll learn it again until like we are like, okay, I, I understand yeah, the truth is coming from this, you know? Yeah, it was um, painful. And I, I would say one other, two quick areas, two other potential shadows. You and I share one, which is like our open ego. And it basically means that this shadow is a tendency to overcommit, overcompensate, try to kind of prove yourself and prove your worth and that you're a good mom and a good coach and a good, all the things. It's the hustle. It's the hustle. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of people <laughs> have this one open and the wisdom of the center, which has been so powerful for me and I'm still working on it is knowing that we've got nothing to prove. And if we're ever doing something or saying something out of that desire to prove, it's often just not going to be the right motivation for us. That's that's I just want to stop and pause for all of the listeners to acknowledge how difficult that is. Oh, and it's a lifelong journey. Lifelong. I think especially for women. Men struggle here too. It just looks different. But I think for women um, we are constantly trying to prove our worth through how productive we are, through how beautiful we are, through what good women and mothers we are, et cetera, et cetera. So lifelong journey, lifelong. keep on keeping on. Yeah. And it's such a reminder of the perfectionist question of just like, again, it's not about figuring it out. It's bringing it into your awareness so you can move through it and, and not let it drive your decision-making. Um, right. The last one I would share for you um, is you also have an open identity center. And this basically means that you are meant to have a very fluid way of expressing yourself. And so, which means you might express yourself differently based on who you're around and where you are. The shadow of this center is always trying to figure out who you are. It's like, I've got to find the perfect job and the perfect partner and the perfect like place to live and work and the perfect like way of expressing myself. And the wisdom for you is knowing that how you express yourself is meant to always change and always evolve. And so not asking yourself, who am I? But like, what feels like me today? And knowing that you're incredibly sensitive to your physical space. So being in the right space is such a powerful tool to kind of make sure you're attracting in the right people and opportunities and all the things. Oh my gosh. Do you feel that way? Yeah. And I've had, let's see, I don't want to reveal too much, (laughs) 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 but I definitely, depending on who I'm hanging out with, my energy will go up or down and none of it is wrong. Like I'm not faking it anywhere. Exactly. And I've had people say like, wow, you are different. And and it's not different in a way of they thought it's hard to explain. And I Mm -hmm. think people who are like this probably are not in this, but it really, I love that you use the word, you know, the fluidity of it. And it's just, I'm able to adapt energetically depending on who I'm hanging around. And it's all 
all of it is who I am. None mm-hmm. of it is, again, none of it is faking it or trying to like do this little dance for other people. Sometimes it is, but I catch myself. But for the most part, it's just, it's just who I am. And that's me at my biggest and brightest. Mm, so but cool. I felt, I felt wrong for it. Totally. Like I should be more consistent. Like that's what I've told myself. Yeah. And like, and again, that's such a, like we so often make ourselves wrong for the things that make us great. Like your magic is so much in the fluidity, you know, it's just like, this is who I am today. And this is who I am today. And like, it's, oh, they're all authentic. They're all parts of me. So like, how can I just create space for all that to emerge? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So those are, and then the one other one that's big for you is just a tendency to potentially you're, you have the potential to be super inspired and have tons of ideas. Um, but the shadow is just like losing focus and feeling super scattered. I'm like, she's going to say follow through. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, and so the biggest work for you is knowing that not every idea is worth pursuing. Um, and also my team is listening to this episode and they are laughing. Oh my God. They're like, (laughs) I do so often to them change directions and yeah, there she goes, changing her mind again. Well, Mm -hmm. cause you can be so, you know, you can be so excited by all the things, but I think the work for you is to really let your gut drive you in terms of like, do I actually have the energy for this thing, you know? And, and am I sleeping on it? Am I like making the right commitments and not being super impulsive? Um, because again, you, and you also even have a strength in your design of just like being like an endless well of ideas. (laughs) And so I think that like, it's just, it's releasing the pressure to pursue them all and like sharing them so they can inspire other people, but being so discerning about what you choose to put your energy to. This is why I'm also really good at, I have a lot of ideas for other people's businesses Exactly, and I get super excited and sometimes I want it more than they do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally. Or other people's lives and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Your ideas are like here to serve other people. Like they're here to just inspire other people. So I love that you're yeah living in that. Okay. I have, I have another question before we tell people where to go to, yeah. to be able to pull their own design. Actually I have two. I have a, this is a, hopefully a short one. What about people who, how do they explain? So my, my, the story is I was due on April 1st. I was due on April fool's day was not here by April 15th. And they induced labor for my mother. And mm-hmm. she says she, her, she says that I came out pouting because I was not ready to be born yet. And she thinks I was supposed to be born on April 18th, oh. not April 15th. So what, what's the explanation for that? Yeah. I mean, I think with human design, it doesn't matter when you were supposed to, or what the due date was. What matters is like when you actually came out of your mom's belly. Took your first breath. Exactly. Whether it's a C-section, whether it's a natural birth, whatever it is. So it's like the moment you like come out into the world is it's like, that's the time that kind of, there's that imprint of like, this is your design. Um, Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. I have one. This is my last question. Okay. Uh, how can, so I love on your website where it says that you, that you help women make that full bodied. Yes. Like yes. know with their body that it's a yes. So how can, can you explain to us how can women use human design to make choices that are full body yeses? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's so much about what we were talking about, about releasing the need to make every decision from our mind. You know, I think what human design has taught me is that if we try to like rationalize every decision, we can probably convince ourselves in or out of anything. And so I think what human design will do for you is connect you to the part of your body and the part of your design that is really a reliable way to make decisions for you. And so when you enter anything that's from like, just like such a clear place, like this is right for me, I might have no idea why or where it's taking me, but it just feels right. And again, that shows up in a little bit of a different way for each of us. But I think that bringing that clarity in our decision-making is transformative because how we enter things is everything, you know? And so I think that, yeah, I would really recommend people, if anything, look at their inner authority and kind of connect to that piece so they can make decisions from a very full body place. Oh my gosh. I feel like I want to both 
go and look more into my own design yeah. and take a nap because it's, <laughs> a lot. A, it's just super exciting. And I'm excited totally. for the listeners to, to learn yes. more about themselves as well and to embrace their true personality. So tell us where people can go. You have, you have a special discount code and, yeah. and all that good stuff. So tell us where people can go to be able to, to learn their own human design. Yes. So um, I'm Erin Claire Jones everywhere. I share that on Instagram, Erin Claire Jones there. And my website is erinclairejones.com. Um, and a beautiful offering to get started is something called the Blueprint, which is basically a 30 plus page like written guide to your unique design. So it's something that I make personally and it walks you through all the key pieces of your design. So you can use the discount code KICKASS for that. Is that right? Yeah. yeah KICKASS, okay. all one word. KICKASS, all one word. So erinclairjones.com slash blueprint. And then I offer individual sessions, partnership sessions, team sessions, workshops, all that, all that good stuff. And that's on my website too. And we'll, we'll have all that information in the show notes for those of you that missed it. And uh, this has been so exciting. Thank you oh, so much. And, such a pleasure. and everybody who goes and follows her on Instagram, tell her that, that you heard her here. And I feel like I want to have you back on to, yes. to, to dig deeper. This oh my was, God, right? But like this was Human Design 101, was I it know. not? It was. It's like, I could, okay. it's, there's so much. So yes, I would love to come back and go deeper. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that next year. And thank you so much for being here. Of course. I know how valuable all of your time is you, Aaron, and all of the listeners. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And until next time, ass kickers, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.